Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our ministry when you visit walkintruth.com. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 7, 13 through 29, called Enter by the Narrow Gate. We are going to be in Matthew chapter 7 today. We're going to finish the Sermon on the Mount, which will mean we'll cover verses 13 through 29. Enter by the narrow gate is the title. Once you have it, would you stand to your feet if you're able, and we'll read the text together. Matthew 7, 13. Jesus speaking. Enter through the narrow gate, Matthew 7, 13, for the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction, and there are many who enter through it. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life and there are few who find it. Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit but bad trees bear bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say, verse 22, to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Father, thank you for the word of God and Jesus, thank you as our king for preaching this most amazing sermon. It's probably the most talked about sermon ever preached. And we want to understand what you were saying. And one clear thing that we see is you were inviting people to enter. And you called the entry point a narrow gate. We need to understand what that is and how one enters in and what that means for us in our lives. So would you help us to have ears to hear what our great king says to us through the scriptures and through the power of the spirit, help us respond in a way that's wise because you compare people who are wise and foolish here and we don't want to be foolish. We want to understand what the will of the Lord is. So help us, Father. And as we set this time apart, I pray you'll be glorified in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. You can have a seat. Enter by the narrow gate. So this particular area of study in our Bibles, completing what we know as the Sermon on the Mount, is probably the most controversial section of the sermon, I think, for obvious reasons. 
because Jesus talks about something captured in a word called exclusivity. He says he is the singular way to be right with God. And unlike anything else in our culture where the big word today is inclusivity, right? And that's not a bad thing if we have that in the proper context. You, you know that the Lord wants as many as will come, right? He doesn't want anybody to perish. But he offers a singular way to enter into life. And that is what often troubles people. For example, Oprah Winfrey some years ago said, Jesus can't be the only way, can he? And there was a woman in the studio audience who challenged Oprah with John 14, 6, where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. Now, those are Jesus' words, so the question becomes, who is your argument with? It's not my personal opinion. My personal opinion is really irrelevant. It's what Jesus said. And when you're talking to a friend, and maybe a friend says, well, that seems very narrow, or they might say, that's narrow-minded. You might respond by saying, but that's what Jesus said. So you really have to wrestle with what Jesus said and then determine whether he's trustworthy. Because what he says is at stake is extremely significant. Look at the first words of verse 13. He says, enter by the narrow gate. This particular sermon is called the Sermon on the Mount. Some have called this the most famous sermon ever preached in the history of the world. Other scholars have called this a kingdom manifesto. Because remember, our big theme in the Gospel of Matthew is the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And how one enters into that kingdom is really what Jesus has been talking about. And it would be easy to hear the Sermon on the Mount and admire it. Many people who are not Christians admire the sermon for its ethical content and its humility and all of those good things. And it is filled with that. But Jesus didn't say admire the gate. He said enter into the gate. Let me show you a picture of an ancient gate. This is the Damascus Gate in Jerusalem. It, it, it is there today. And this is an example of a gate that probably reflects what Jesus is talking about. In the ancient world, they had gates, and you would enter into a city, and there would often be actual doors in the opening. And if you wanted to enter into a specific place, you entered in through the city gate. The city gate also was a place where business was conducted, contracts were agreed upon, legal decisions were made, and the elders of a city often sat in the gate. And so when you pass through the gate, you were literally passing into a kingdom, if you will, or passing into a city. The Bible paints the fact that Jesus is our city of refuge. When we run to him, this is Hebrews 6, 18 and 19, we find refuge for our souls. We find hope in him. So Jesus is inviting us to come. He doesn't simply say, just listen to the sermon and ponder it. He says, enter in. He wants us to come and find life in him. But this is really what causes some people to think about uh, the exclusive claims that Jesus makes here. He calls the, the correct gate, verse 13, after he says enter it, he says it's a narrow gate. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is broad. The, the broad way leads to destruction. If you have an ESV, it says the broad way is the easy way that leads to destruction. And many are those who enter by it. Many choose the wrong gate. 
and the wrong gate is wide and it's easy and it's broad. And we might ask the question right from the get-go, why is it that so many, according to Jesus' words, enter that gate, that wide gate? And I think it's probably two primary things. Look at verse 11, where Jesus identifies something important for our consideration. He says, 711 of Matthew, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more from the lesser to the greater will your father who's in heaven give what is good to those who ask him? Notice Jesus says, you being evil. That's not an easy thing to take, but here's what the Bible declares. We have a fallen nature, and compared to God, we are evil. We have a proclivity towards evil. Now, most people in our modern age hear that, and they're like, how could you say that? Evil. Aren't people basically good? Answer, no. Test, Go into a church nursery with 10 toddlers, (laughs) throw a Snickers bar into the middle of the room, and say to them, we want you all to sacrifice for the person that you really believe deserves this mini Snickers bar today. And watch how kind and thoughtful those little toddlers are. They'll be throwing elbows, mine, mine, mine. And I'd be doing that too because I like Snickers bars. Mine, right? Do we have to teach them that? Do we have to teach little kids to be selfish and to lie? No. One of the more provable doctrines of the Christian faith is our depravity, (laughs) right? We have a problem. We're fallen people. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't do good things, but compared to God, we're fallen. That's why people go through the wide gate. Here's the second reason. The wide gate is easy. Everybody's going that way. It's wide open. It's not narrow. It's not tight. It's not hard. In fact, the the word uh, narrow here, this is an important nuance to understand, comes from a root word meaning to groan, as one author puts it, and from being under pressure. It's used figuratively, narrow, to represent restriction or constriction. It is the word from which we get stenography, writing that is abbreviated or compressed. So the narrow way is the harder way. It takes more effort. Imagine uh, you're driving on a country road, there's not good light, and the road narrows. When the road is wider, you don't probably have to be as focused, but if things get narrow and the lighting's bad, what do we do? We really concentrate. I harassed my mom, but my mom one time said to me, I think on the phone, Mike, do you watch the road when you drive? That's a mother question. And I was like, no, I look off to the side the whole time, (laughs) just to make my mom more nervous. When we were in India and Nepal, we were driving on some very narrow roads in a bus, moving from village to village to share the gospel. I will tell you that the roads in India and Nepal don't quite measure up to the roads in America. And I looked ahead of me, and driving the bus was a young man who looked like he was 12. And I was like, oh, Lord. Right? You know when you can kind of look off to the side? How many of you have gone up to Hearst Castle? You know that road up to Hearst Castle? You hope that bus driver's not 12, (laughs) right? Because you're looking over the side. When the road narrows... The focus has to be better, right? It's not that we don't pay attention on wider roads, but you get the point. 
And Jesus is saying that the narrow gate takes more effort. It's harder. It's narrower. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Merry Christmas from Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team. We're so grateful to all of our partners who partner with Walk in Truth. Now we're excited to tell you, this month we have begun broadcasting in San Diego. So if you're listening from there, welcome. We hope that this teaching is a blessing to you. So now we're on two radio stations in Southern California. One in Northern California in the Bay Area, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, and two in Georgia reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. In addition, we have listeners all over the world, like in South Africa, Nepal, Australia, the United Kingdom, Pakistan, and Israel, thanks to our podcast. The point is, the hope of the gospel is getting around. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I rarely do this, and I'm not necessarily even comfortable asking for finances, but the reality is that this program has to pay for radio airtime and what we do, and it's a blessing to partner with what you believe with the gospel ministry that hopefully has been a blessing to you. If that's you, would you please consider giving an end-of-the-year tax-deductible donation? Please give a one-time gift on behalf of you, your family, or business. You can help us pay for airtime for the radio station or podcast app you listen to. Visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Click Donate. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. When the road is wider, you don't probably have to be as focused, but if things get narrow and the lighting's bad, what do we do? We really concentrate. I harassed my mom, but my mom one time said to me, I think on the phone, Mike, do you watch the road when you drive? That's a mother question. And I was like, no, I look off to the side the whole time, (laughs) just to make my mom more nervous. When we were in India and Nepal, we were driving on some very narrow roads in a bus, moving from village to village to share the gospel. I will tell you that the roads in India and Nepal don't quite measure up to the roads in America. And I looked ahead of me, and driving the bus was a young man who looked like he was 12. And I was like, oh, Lord. Right? You know when you can kind of look off to the side? How many of you have gone up to Hearst Castle? You know that road up to Hearst Castle? You hope that bus driver's not 12, right? Because you're looking over the side. When the road narrows... The focus has to be better, right? It's not that we don't pay attention on wider roads, but you get the point. And Jesus is saying that the narrow gate takes more effort. It's harder. It's narrower. Now, this doesn't deny that salvation is a gift from God, and it's not by works. But in order to receive the gift, to enter into life, the door is going to be narrower, And a lot of people will say, well, don't many roads lead to God? And can't we go the way that we choose? And isn't sincerity the most important thing? No. According to Jesus, no. And the book of Acts puts it this way. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name given among men, given from heaven among men, by which we must be saved. No other name. No other way. Jesus said it himself. I am the way 
the truth and the life, and no one's coming to the Father except through me. Now, on a positive side of the equation, isn't it wonderful that God made a way? The one preaching the message is the way, and he was headed toward the cross. He would make the way. In John 10, 9, he actually claims, according to the NIV rendering of it, to be the gate. John 10, 9, it'll be uh, familiar words to us. He says, I am the gate of the sheep. Let me see if I can find it in my notes here. And in the imagery, let me just say that he's talking about the sheep gate in this particular imagery. And you all know, if you've studied this a little bit, that the sheep gate had a little opening. There were walls in the little opening. And the shepherd would lie in the opening to protect the sheep. uh, John 10, 9 and 10 NIV. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out. And that would happen in a city gate too. You'd go in and out through it and find pasture. The thief, John 10.10, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says, I am the gate. So if you ever wondered, what is he talking about? The gate is a metaphor and he is the gate. The one who preached the sermon became the way to life. And that's a beautiful reality. And we could say, well, I think there should be more than one way. Imagine that you had a deadly disease and it was fatal. And imagine some doctor in another country came up with the vaccine and you've done your research. And if you you know that other people with these same symptoms, they take this vaccine and it saves them. They're healed. Imagine you did all your research and you've got, you know, you've got all the symptoms and you're going to die, but if you get on a plane and you go to this doctor and get the injection, you'll live. I don't think you'd sit there and say, you know what, I, I think there should be at least five vaccines in five different countries that I would have options. Isn't there something more local? No, what you would do is you'd get on a plane and go get the injection that you might live, Amen? Amen? <laughs> Well, Jesus is supplying the way. He is the antidote to our sin problem. He is the one who washes away our sin. And we can, we can do the modern thing, perhaps, saying that I think there should be multiple ways. I, I think it should just be about my sincerity. In fact, I want to make my own way. That's a very American thing to say, perhaps, but that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way and the gate is narrow. I think there's two primary reasons why people gravitate towards a wide gate. One, it's easy. And two, we're fallen, which we just saw. Calls to enter in our Old and New Testament. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Moses says to the people of Israel, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live you and your descendants. Jeremiah 21, eight, you shall also say to this people, thus says the Lord, behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. Implication, choose life. That you might dwell in the land, that you might know the God that made you, that you don't reject the door that he has opened wide to you, even though the way is more difficult and the way is narrow. Jesus says some some shocking things here. He says there there are a few that find the right gate and many that find the wide gate. 
There is a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, Psalm 100, verse 4, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to his name, bless his name. Isaiah 26, 2 and 3, open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the one that remains faithful. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And then Isaiah 26, 4 says, trust in the Lord forever. For in God the Lord we have an everlasting rock. Amen? This is something to rejoice in. God has made the way. Literally, God came down to be the way so that we could enter in. So we have two gates, the wide one and the narrow. If you're taking notes, now we have two categories of sheep and wolves and a warning from Jesus. If you're taking notes, two gates and then sheep and wolves, verse 15. Beware, says Jesus, of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. That word ravenous in Greek is harpox. It means they are destructive, vicious, and they lead people to destruction. Now, why right here does Jesus give a famous warning about false prophets? Because false prophets might tell you that there are many different gates that you could enter, right? Ah, don't worry about that gate over there. You could go over there, or you could enter through that gate, or you could enter through this gate. And so our Lord and Savior, our King, gives us a warning. He says, watch out for false prophets who come to you. How are they dressed? They look like sheep. What's a sheep in this metaphor? A sheep is a Christian. We are the sheep of his pasture. We are God's people. We are his flock. So if someone comes to you looking like a sheep, that means they look like one of us. They seem to be part of us. And they begin to tell people a message that is false. That there are many different gates that you can enter into life. Jesus says, beware. And whenever Jesus says, beware of something, you better beware of it. Amen? This is a reality, and this was a problem for Israel and a problem in the church. The false prophets would arise. They would tell the king what he wanted to hear. And famously, they would say, peace, peace, when there was no peace. You've been listening to Enter by the Narrow Gate, Part 1 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 29. If you missed any part of today's program, Walk in Truth is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more podcast apps. Listen for free to Pastor Michael's teachings in more books of the Bible. Now, we have pastors on staff that would love to speak with you if you need prayer or counsel. Or perhaps you have questions about Jesus and the Christian faith. Call Walk in Truth Tuesdays through Fridays during daytime hours at 844-48-TRUTH. That's 844-48-TRUTH. 844-48-TRUTH. Now here's Pastor Michael one more time before we go. So maybe as you hear about Jesus being the one way, the gate being narrow, you, you have some concerns. Maybe you know some people who attend a church, in quotes, where the doctrine is not correct. Maybe it's way watered down. Maybe you would say, you know, when I go to my church, I don't get verse-by-verse expository teaching. I get topical, anecdotal storytelling. You know, there's a place for topical teaching, no doubt, but it our prayer is that it would be substantive, right? That it would go down deep into the Word of God. Whatever section 
a pastor's preaching on, the prayer would be that they're digging out the truths of that passage in an expository fashion. What do you mean, Pastor Michael? I mean they're exposing what God laid down on the page, not their own opinion. And so if you've been looking for something like this, or maybe you want to recommend to a friend you know, where they can find it, of course, we have Wednesday and Sunday morning services at the church I pastor, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. I have the privilege of being one of six pastors and being the senior pastor. And you can tune in to what we do. We live stream our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays and our 7 p.m. service on Wednesdays. Just a reminder, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's, we won't do a Wednesday night service. And we're doing a singular family service on New Year's Eve. And we have a very special guest speaker, David Moo, who's going to take us into the new year, and it's going to be great. So join us for that. You can join us on the YouTube channel or come out and worship in person on New Year's Eve, a single 10 a.m. service, information and driving directions available at walkintruth.com. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. We appreciate our Walk in Truth financial partners. You contribute to our ministry, broadcast, and podcast. As a thank you for your support, we've created the Walk in Truth app. you got to check it out. It's available in your app store. If you'd like to become a Walk in Truth partner, any amount is appreciated. You can now give on the Walk in Truth app or visit walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Matthew 7, 13 through 29, called Enter by the Narrow Gate. I'm Mike Massaro. On behalf of Pastor Michael Lance and Living Truth Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people.